What's up, everyone? We're here with Berry Flow Upstream number 29. Here with the whole gang, we've got Alex, Brandon, Dolan. I know Dolan hasn't been in here in a while, but he made some time for us this evening. And as well, we've got Darius on air with us as well. How's everyone doing following their uh, Christmas holiday? Pretty good. Okay. Great. Pretty good, pretty good. Any Anyone get a little little tipsy on uh, on Christmas? I know I certainly was. <laughs> of course, of course. I think that was like the, the motive. <laughs> that was the the aim and the intent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you guys had a good holiday. Uh, I got to spend mine with some friends and some family. It was a good little mix. It wasn't too heavy to one side or another. Um, I've been enjoying my BlackBerry Classic more and more every day. I was just telling the, the gang uh, before we got started here that I'm really loving the copy and paste features. They just nailed it. They, they nailed all the implementations of the 9900. They, they've got it on the Classic, so... Definitely enjoying it. I've got a review coming on the 31st, so in three days from today, uh, two weeks from the actual launch event for Classic, uh, you will see Barry Flow's Classic review up and added online. As well, we have a special New Year's treat for you guys. I'm not going to tell anyone what it is, but there is something special as well coming on the 31st. Um, I will say it is a device, so you'll, you'll see that as well. Everyone's like, what is it? No. <laughs> you guys, you you in the group here, you all know what it is. You've seen it already, but the rest, our viewership has not. So uh, keep an eye on the 31st on Berry Flow. Um, we'll have some fun stuff for you guys to see. Um, what's, first talk, I want to get started talking about the BlackBerry Rio. N4BB put up some images and some spec sheet about the device. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Uh, what were you guys' impressions of the Rio device when looking at it in comparison to a Z3? What are your thoughts, Darius? Um, I, I like it. it. It's you know essentially the Z3, you know, but um, I just essentially, <laughs> it's kind of like you know, I don't know. I'm trying to find it's like it's it's niche, so to speak, you know, where it fits because it's if you ask me, it's just like a refresh of the Z10, but same time, I, I don't know. It, it's it really it's confusing device because you're looking at it like should BlackBerry really be wasting their money to you know deliver this device or should they really just refresh the Z30 or relaunch? I mean not not the Z30, excuse me, the Z10, or should they just kind of like relaunch the Z10 all over again? You know, should they do that? Should they put a push on the Z10 again and you know lower the price? You know, bring it to where the Z20 or the Rio um, is going to be at? So. I don't know. It, it's a confusing device. It's it's frustrating. It's an aggravated device for BlackBerry loyalists and consumers because we look at it and we're like, what is the purpose of this? If you're going to give us something like the Z3, then just give us the Z3. You know, I mean, just change the radio, make it LTE um, compatible. But other than that, you know, bring it with whatever it comes with. Um, you know, bringing the resolution up and uh, the CPU up, it's essentially the Z10. It just has a different, uh, you know, case, and um, I don't know. I mean, what else? I mean, what, uh, it has a five-inch screen, yeah, but then you have the Z30. That's why I say it's kind of in a mixture. It's a confusing. I don't. I can't really tell you its purpose, but it is. It's got a. It's got a slightly smaller battery than the the Z30 is 2880. This is 2800, right? Yeah. It's got the screen size of a Z3, but the density or pixel resolution of a Z10. <laughs> It's got all the same cameras as almost every BlackBerry 10 device. It has Mirrorcast. It has Mirrorcast. I mean, so did the Z3. I mean, let's be honest. 
it, yeah, it no, had it as well. Did the Z3 have Miracast? Yes, or? it did. Yeah. It did. Oh, okay. it did. Uh, it, it did. Uh, it's got the Bluetooth 4. It does have the LG, uh, LG, the LTE, excuse me. And uh, it's going to support, obviously, up to 128 plus the 16 built therein. So it's a lot like a classic meets a Z3 meets a Z10, kind of finding that middle ground. Right. I'm interested in the device. It, it's not an, a looker. It looks just like the Z3, not very pretty in that regard. What I'm personally interested <laughs> in in regard to that device, I mean, here it is again in, in white, um, it's interesting to me, at least, that they're not pushing the specs so hard on these devices. We have a Passport, quad-core, 3 gigs of RAM, a high pixel density screen, etc., etc. Yet, a lot of people are worried, and, and some of our channel commenters were bringing this up as well, does something beyond 10.3.1 mean end of life for old BlackBerry devices? I think the fact that we're getting devices like the Classic, we're getting devices like this Z20 uh, Manitoba Rio device, that honestly, they're going to continue optimizing that OS to be able to deliver it to all their devices. Darlin, uh, what do you think in that regard? Oh, lots is going through my head right now. So, to me, the Rio, it's a slightly updated version of the of the Z3, and it's, I, I think this is still a device that's targeted towards emerging markets, towards, you know, Indonesia and and um, and places like that where, where BlackBerry devices are, are still doing uh, pretty well. Um, you know, I, I don't see it as, as necessarily targeted to North America or, or uh, you know, Great Britain. Uh, that, those markets are different markets. And so I think if you're thinking about it in that context, it's a great update to the Z3, and I think it'll sell. I think it'll sell in those regions pretty well. Um, and I, regarding your other comment, James, about, um, you know, the, the, the Z10 is nearly two years old. And it's going to be updated to 10.3. Um, I don't see. I, I still see the Z, Z10 probably receiving updates for at least another year, um, because yeah, I mean you're, you're talking about the same basic specs as the Q10 and the Classic and the same basic internals. Um, when you think about it, that's huge. That that's huge. That devices that old are still receiving the latest and greatest uh, OS updates, uh, and there are very few devices out there that you can say that about. So, right. Most devices get an update and it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That it, it's you know, you, you get bogged down with updates, or you, you can't even. In the case of the iPhone, you can't even update the thing um, over the air. You have to connect it to iTunes because uh, the file is so darn big uh, that it it won't do it on the phone by itself. And you know, it, it's um, you run into issues like that with these older devices, whereas. With uh, with BlackBerry devices, you still get these updates, um, and you still get to enjoy all of those great features uh, that come with the updates. And it and in most case, well, in every case that I've experienced myself, the updates just make the phone better. Yeah. So far I so mean, good, it, right? Yeah, it, it it's one of you know with with any update, no matter what platform you're using, uh, when you get it, it just you know kind of puts. You know that much. It puts that bit of faith back into the device that you originally bought. You know, it doesn't make you feel like ah, I gotta get a better, you know, device with. I think a device with better specs. Um, and it's a good note that you know I think BlackBerry is taking from Apple is appreciate appreciating your past devices because they have helped you along the way, um, optimizing the OS to be able to run fluidly on. Uh, the older devices is a great thing because one, it, it's not like okay, if you want to have the latest and greatest software, you got to spend some more money to get you know um, this experience, if you will. 
So you're not limiting that experience to um, people that you know have that uh, device who can't upgrade or, or don't want to come out of pockets just yet or can't come out of pockets just yet to get a great device or the latest device with the latest software. So it's a good thing. Um, you just want, you know, personally, and I think a lot of people would agree, is you want the updates to come a bit sooner um, and you want them to come simultaneously, not here, 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 and here over time because that ruins the experience overall. Um, we're looking at the Z20, you know, a great device, I think, is going to be nonetheless, as you mentioned, Alan. I think it is definitely going to be uh, region specific, but hopefully, it can also be a device that can come here stateside, and we can see on all carriers because it's kind of like you know you have the classic that's going to help transition those users over, but for those who have already transitioned and or don't kind of want to go with the keyboard but want to get something fairly uh, reasonably priced because it will be one of those budget-friendly devices. I would love to see here stateside on all carriers. You know, I think it's going to hit it right on the nail. You're getting pretty decent specs, you know. Um, and we're we're living in a day and age where, yeah, you know, specs are definitely what's pushed in the mobile world, but it's not necessarily needed. And we've talked about it on past upstreams, you know. As long as the software is optimized to run, um, you know, decently on what's there, then you don't really have to worry about anything. But on the flip side, when you have to look at the support that BlackBerry is trying to give running Android apps, then that's when the specs kind of kick in. So you kind of want to make sure, and, and I'm hoping, and a lot of us are hoping, with later optimizations uh, or later iterations of you know the BlackBerry 10 software, that we will see that you know you don't necessarily need those specs. That the the software itself is just going to help you know run those uh, Android applications a bit more seamlessly. So. That's one thing that I would love to see here in the nearby future. I'd love, I'd love to see it too. You, you know, you talk about I want to see it stateside on all carriers. Right. Are all carriers even a, a point at this? I mean, like, who uses Sprint? Do you know anyone on Sprint? Right, right. But I mean, I, I, there are those users, and it's funny because with you saying that, James, a lot of legacy OS users are on Sprint. If they have that transitioning device there at Sprint, and BlackBerry can make a push there, then you can help. You know what I'm saying? Getting those uh, those users there. I mean, you have a lot of people that are on Sprint that are a lot of the Q10 users here stateside, and they can't upgrade because they don't have an option to. So I think any option would be great for them. You know, I have two friends of mine that use Sprint. They have Q10s, and they want to upgrade so badly, and I'm just telling them, like, I would either go to T-Mobile or I would just get a straight talk phone because, honestly, getting T-Mobile nowadays, you're pretty much equal with getting Sprint. You're going to come out with a cheaper, uh, you know, plan, um, and you're going to be able to upgrade, you know, um, a lot more sooner. Um, now, as far as your service, yeah, you're pretty much going to be hand-in-hand -hand where you were with Sprint. I mean, maybe a little less coverage because Sprint's been around a little, a little bit longer. Being that the CDMA, of course, the coverage is going to be a bit better, but at the same time, you're going to have that LTE um, data, and you're going to have the speeds that you kind of want. So it's kind of a... Give and give, if you will, but not necessarily a sacrifice. Um, but you do want to see those devices on Sprint. Of course, you know T-Mobile's not even going to be in the picture, which is why I believe um, BlackBerry's really been working alongside with just AT&T and Verizon, um, you know, period. But you want to bring them all in the picture because even though we know that they're, they're, their focus is in market share, essentially later on it will. So start trying to get the relationships right now so that you don't have to reap for it later. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard for them to prioritize something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
you you brought up a good point before about the specs, and <clears throat> I, I've actually gotten into arguments before with iPhone users who say like, you know, why did the passport? Why does the passport even have those kind of specs? Um, does that mean that it, it BlackBerry 10 requires, you know, so much more memory and and a good processor to even work? And my defense is, you know, future proofing and stuff. But realistically, when you are running a run, you know, like an Android runtime, you need like high specs in order to do that. You're literally running another operating system inside of your phone. Just as a computer, you can run that in virtual environments. It's extremely processor heavy, and you need a decent amount of RAM to do it. So, like, if we're gonna have most of our consumer apps and games running through, you know, the Amazon App Store or Android apps, it just shows how important the specs really are. So, again, with that phone that's coming out, you know, just to be two gigabytes of RAM and whatever, I, it's kind of curious: Are they going to optimize the Android experience that well? Or do we need to rely more so on great specs? Well, see, yeah. I think that's kind of the thing because, you know, optimizing, we can only really optimize it to a certain extent. You know, we can continue to update, you know, with the latest Android runtime and things of that nature. But on the back end, the Android experience that you're getting is not truly controlled by us. It's just, you know, kind of an option that BlackBerry is allowing you to be able to. It's featured along with the software. Um I'm sure that Brandon, he could probably, you know, get a little bit more in depth with them optimizing that specific part of it. But it's just more with Google if you have, in in the long run and how they will optimize the Android experience, especially with like things of uh, what is it art? That's kind of the way that they're running towards. So, eh, but Android on. needs needs the beefy specs to run their OS. That's right. at least that's my experience uh, testing out a Moto X for the past three three weeks. It's it's a great phone for a flagship phone, but it needs a quad-core processor, and it needs two gigs of RAM just to run the OS. And uh, with these BlackBerry devices, even even my little Q10 runs most Android apps pretty decently. I think that says a lot about how far they've come optimizing the Android runtime so far, and I, I'm optimistic that they'll continue that optimization to, to run great on these uh, so-called lower specs. It's going to be a testament. I, I, I'm interested, Brandon. Darius kind of threw you under the bus a little bit earlier. <laughs> in regard to ART, how much do you know about it in, in terms of like the difference between the runtime environments? I I don't know anything about that. Actually, <laughs> I was gonna I was just gonna comment on the the real specs and all that. And I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of people who like the Z10 based on the form factor. And I was kind of hoping when I first heard about it that it would be a revamped Z10. So it'd be the same form factor, same size, but just with beefier specs to keep it more updated. Because there's still people out there who don't want a five-inch screen. There's a lot of people who actually still prefer to get a Z10 over a Z30 because it has a smaller screen. Um, so I mean, there's still a market for it there, and I'm just worried that you know all the touchscreen devices going forward are just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think there is an opportunity for BlackBerry to kind of cater to you know, a reasonably sized screen. For instance, like, compared to my Z30, my Z10, I still think to this day my Z10 was better in my pocket, and I still use my Z30 because it gives me a whole bunch of new features that are more updated over the Z10. For instance, like Miracast and a whole bunch of other things like USB, OTG, and stuff like that. Whereas the Z10 doesn't provide that, but if they gave me an updated version of the Z10 that was more powerful, 
and could do a whole bunch of that stuff, including blend and a whole bunch of other things, yeah, that'd be, that would still be an enticing option for many people. So um, going back in how that relates to the specs, I think they just need to keep updating the specs as they go to keep in line with their, their operating system. Right now I can already see some, some things in the OS that are a bit laggy right now. And I think if they just keep updating the OS with the hardware and stuff like that and keep it hand in hand, the, the experience will keep getting improved. Yeah, Brandon, I, I think that's an excellent point. Um, and I think we're starting to see hints of the pendulum starting to swing back a little bit. I mean, these phones are getting ridiculous. The, what, the Nexus 6 is just, uh, you know, ridiculously six-inch phone. It's mm-hmm. so... But we're seeing hints of, you know, Samsung and some of these other manufacturers, I think HTC, they're making devices that cater towards those who want the smaller screens, you know, under five-inch screens. And so I think we're starting to see that swing back a little bit. People are like, oh, well, I actually already have a tablet. Why do I need this tablet? And, Um, I mean, even, even James, you were telling us before how you thought the Classic was a beautiful device. And, I mean... Like uh, maybe you can talk a bit more about the form factor, but I would imagine a lot of people, after using a passport or using a big touchscreen device, they use uh, the classic. They see that form factor, and all of a sudden it becomes more comfortable to them. I think with the updated hardware and the updated OS and stuff like that, there's still room for people to kind of prefer that instead of constantly having to get bigger, bigger screens. Yeah, stuff. even Apple, even Apple is thinking about going back to the uh, 4.2 or 4.5 um, inch screens uh, that they were once making, and it's it's kind of like you know a lot of people aren't really successful to change that much. You know, some people are, but you know they don't want uh, what is it a whole lot of it. You know, it's like the first note's cool. All right, yeah, we like that. Well, not necessarily they don't like it. But then they grow to like it. Then the second note's cool. All right, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm with it. And then the note three comes out. It's like, well, okay, now y'all kind of getting a little out of control. <laughs> because you keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And and at the same time, yo, you, it's like a friend of mine, he has what is the HTC One Max. And I'm like, man, this is you have like all this length in terms of your phone for no reason. Because if I turn it sideways, I get nothing out of it. People see my phone, I'm like, man, it's a big ass phone, and I'm always like, I was holding my cousin's S5 up to my phone. I'm like, your phone's still bigger than mine. Mine is wider, but I'm like, they're looking at my screen. They're like, damn, you can't see more. Exactly. That's the whole point. It's because <laughs> exactly. it's not to necessarily have the biggest brick in your hand. The point of you know what you're trying to do is what does it do for you? You have all of this, and it does nothing for you. My phone actually does something for me, and I think a lot of people are now starting to come back around, as Dallin was mentioning. And they're realizing this does nothing for me. You look at a classic. This does something for me. It doesn't have the biggest screen. It doesn't have the best specs. But this does something for me. And it, and, and it was in that time period when the bold was uh, you know, the, the biggest thing going. And people understood that that phone was doing something for, for you at that time. Over the years, you got a little bit lost. And so Blackberry kind of you know, snapped their fingers, gave you a reminder. Here is that thing that was doing something for you. Like, you can use it again. So... There's a lot of things that come to play. Go ahead, Alec. <laughs> he's got he's got he's got nothing to that end. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking about some of the you're talking about some of the screen sizes and different shapes and sizes. And if we just look here, I mean, we have the Z30, a Passport, and a Classic, and they are all more or less about the same height. So you know, we we mentioned like having a device like a like an LG, like a Note 4, when we compare the two. I mean. These things are massive. This is, as Darius said, this is a brick in your pocket. 
right. this actually fits a lot better. It fits better in your hand. It's a lot mm -hmm. more universally friendly. You know, I mean, you know what, you know what I find so, like uh, smartphones more and more. The bigger they get, the more and more they're becoming like, like purses for men. Because <laughs> a, a lot of women, they already have purses, so they can stick a big device in that purse already, and it's, it's perfectly suited to fit a device like that. But more and more, you see. When men have bigger and bigger devices, it's getting a lot harder to carry those devices. Like, yeah. No, that's the point. That's the point. They take them out of their pocket, they plop them on the table. Look what I got, man. This is my phone. I mean, that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> and for instance, I, I never used to wear a holster, uh, but then when I got my Z30, I had to start wearing a holster because all my, all my pockets and my jeans were all getting ruined. Because <laughs> it's bigger than the I had before. So, like, if you look at some of my jeans now, there's a there's like a white outline of my of my Z30. You know, <laughs> out of context, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I, you know, I get where you're coming from. You had me you'd mentioned like what at least my impressions of the form factor on the classic are, and honestly. There's just something about it. I mean, even if we go to something like the 9900, the thing is tiny. And Dolan, when we first kind of met, so to speak, you were rocking the 9900, and you were loving the thing. And I really think for a user like you who can appreciate that one-handed ease of use and the ease at for everything, they've really gone ahead and just said, this. everything you loved about this phone is now upgraded. It's running a new OS, new specs. Everything's better. Four times more RAM, 60% more screen real estate. The keys, I think, are like 3% larger on Classic. And you have that trackpad. I found that when I loaded up the two, the trackpad on the Classic is actually better than it was. On, on this, if you're scrolling, you really have to, to hit that trackpad a lot. I feel like you're, you're clawing away like a cat on a wall. But the, the Classic, you can do a very gentle swipe and then a very hard swipe, and it is responsive, much like the Passport keyboard is. So, See, and I, I think that destroys the, the, the stereotype that, oh, BlackBerry is uh, going back in time with the Classic. No, no. They've improved on that technology, and it still appeals to millions of users who are still using legacy devices for those reasons. Um, and and uh, I keep coming back. To that form factor, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been testing a, a Moto X uh, second gen for the past three weeks. I just switched back to my Q10 as my primary driver because I, I can't, I can't quit it. It's the form <laughs> factor, you know. It, it's, um, it hits that sweet spot for me, and and it, and I know that there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way. And so that the classic is their device. It's the device that appeals to them. But but it's but but like you said, it's improving on that technology, on that trackpad technology, on that efficiency of being able to operate. And, and you know, crank out text with one hand and, and navigate. It's just um, it, it's unheard of, really, for for devices that are coming out now to be able to just do that that amount of uh, be that efficient uh, on a device. One thing that I felt like it was a little like overlooked was during the presentation when they were talking about the uh, you know inspiration um, behind the classic when they were talking about the effort that they put into the keyboard and how they were talking about the testing they did and, and making sure that each individual key kind of has its own uh, click if you will and how they want it to become more of a muscle memory than anything else and like that right there kind of tells you that that's how serious they are not just about the keyboards but about just their devices Period. You know, like even with the, uh, the 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 passport in terms of its design and everything, they tell you about the effort that they put behind it, what inspired them to do such, and then they tell you about the classic, and they tell you how this is, you know, with the bold. I know we all can attest to when we had that device. Like, you were never looking at your phone. You could just sit there and type a text with one hand, and you knew you were hitting the right letters. 
So understanding they're saying, okay, well, let's take that and let's build on top of it by, you know, contributing something a lot more intuitive with, you know, like I mentioned, each key having its own distinctive click. Um, the trackpad, as James had mentioned, you can do a sensitive touch and it'll swipe just, you know, slightly, it'll slightly scroll down the screen. But if you do a hard swipe, it's going to go faster. And that's one thing that the Passport doesn't have that the Classic does. And it's not necessarily an advantage and a disadvantage. It's just the distinctiveness between the two devices that you can sit here and say, okay, well, I choose the Classic for this reason or I choose the Passport for this reason. And it's just one of those things that I don't think people really appreciate just if you're just a fan in general of mobile technology that you really just don't appreciate that BlackBerry does as a whole as a as a company um, and why they don't really get looked at as a company that builds some great devices like that's things that make you great not just the design it's things like that that make you great yeah it, it's funny uh, Darius and, and Dallin because you guys are talking about the efficiency and the form factor that BlackBerry has that keeps getting you coming back to it and, and and today I had this funny story with my dad and his Z30, and he's he's always been a BlackBerry guy ever since the first RIM devices, and he's the type of guy that he likes the the utility they they get out of it. But I find that he doesn't necessarily get the full use out of the device. He just mm -hmm. he's, he's more familiar with the brand. He's one of those people. It's not necessarily the utility aspect, but the brand aspect that keeps him around. So today I was I was with him, and and he was sending a text. Uh, to a BBM to my mom, and I saw him type in. He had like the one hand, and I'm like, "Oh, you can you can just swipe, right?" He's like, "Yeah, I know, but I just like doing this better." So I mean, <laughs> even for all the utility that they add into it and that they enjoy, and that people enjoy and stuff, there's still always going to be that people that use case that, you know, we're out here telling people how like all these tips and tricks, but you're always going to have those few people that aren't going to fully make use of it, right? I just thought that was a funny story. The great story. thing about BlackBerry devices, though, and that, that's a great story, and that's a great point because BlackBerry devices can still cater to those people who don't mm -hmm. want to don't want to make use of the full feature set, but they they just want to be able to get around their phone and get to things efficiently. Um, you can cater you can cater to the lowest common denominator with a BlackBerry device, or you can cater to the power user. It's easy to use either way. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great <clears throat> great point. I have a. My buddy's father just got a Z10. It's all wrapped up in an otter box because he does construction and, and, and management and whatnot. He uses it literally for three things, text message, Facebook, and Netflix. And, like, there's so much more that the device can do, right? But he, it works for him. It's just I need these three things, and it does it well for me. Yeah. Hub and the pinch gesture and keyboard shortcuts and, and all these other additives that, you know, are, are diehard user base knows about, there's a lot that people don't even, they don't even dabble with. And I think that's honestly why the iPhone found such easy success, because it was an idiot-proof phone. It's like, whatever you want, it's here, you tap it, it's simple, it's yeah. there. So <clears throat> let's talk, let's move a little bit forward. I want to talk about 10.3.1 and its pending rollout for early 2015. We saw, I believe, TELUS, Mobile Syrup, put out that they were in the coming weeks, and this was last week. So we expect early January, mid-January to the beginning of February, that 10.3.1 should be rolling out across the board. What do you guys think about 10.3.1? Looking at it right now, I mean, almost all of us on BlackBerry 10 devices are already using it. Um, do you think that that is going to be a tarnished experience when the official update actually comes out? 
or do you think it's actually going to be a positive thing for the market? I think even people running leaks right now, I haven't had the best experience with 10.3.1 just because uh, there are a lot of memory issues with it, I think, still, where I'll have three apps open, and then, like, they'll all randomly get forced closed, and they'll stay, like, open, like, just, just as if you were to restart your phone, how they stay kind of, like, ghost open, but then you click it and it starts up from scratch. Mm-hmm. I'm having tons of memory issues. I don't think anyone, um, aside for people on the Passport with an actual you know, official release passport version, probably people with the classic. I think if you're running a leaked version, it's not necessarily optimized for, say, the Z30, the Z10, or the Q10. These are ones that are optimized for the passport and the classic. So I think they still have to fix a few bugs. So I think even for people who have been running the leaks and enjoying them, because it is a great software, even with these problems, I think everyone's going to get a great experience once they actually officially release it. Yeah, uh, my experience with 10.3.1 has been pretty good. The only thing I'm kind of worried about is is the way Blend works because it seems like if you don't update your uh, your desktop software, the app doesn't work with it. And if yeah. you you have an updated app, and then if you have an updated desktop software, but your app isn't updated, then it won't work. They won't communicate with each other. So I'm just worried about how that's going to go in the future because if they're updating it every week. I know, for instance, at work, I, I got them to install on my computer, but every time I need to update it, I have to go through IT to get them to update it and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So, so if they're updating every every week, that I mean, it's good, lots of updates, but at the same time, it's it's kind of a pain if if you need to have both the app and the desktop software in like both fully yeah. updated on the same level to be communicating. Yeah, 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 and it's also there's no in-app update either, which is annoying. You have to go to their site and download. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, and it's a pain. Yeah, that was kind of dumb, but uh, it's like with 10.3, I mean 3.1, um, I, I, it's one of those things where you're looking at it and it's kind of like, okay, as we, as Alice was mentioning with the leak, you can see that there's still a lot of issues, which is why I can kind of see why they're pushing it back to mm-hmm. February. But at the same time, I'm also looking at it like, it's something that I feel like they just need to hurry and put it out. You know, it's like, why are you sitting on it? You know, like, you can put it out there, and if there's issues, then, of course, that's why you issue another update, and you continue to issue out updates. That's the purpose of updates, is to correct the OS and catch those things that you didn't get beforehand, and that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's like, what platform doesn't do that? It's like with, with, with 3.1, though, um, we had talked about earlier, like, I'm very content with 10.3 right now. I'm not really in a rush for 3.1, but at the same time, I would like to have 3.1 just because it's the latest and greatest, and you want those newest features. I think one big thing, I think uh, a lot of people are going to kind of not going to be uh, most fond about is just the lack of flash support. So I know for myself, it's, it's going to take some getting used to, but I'm not really, like, a huge I don't go to a lot of sites that really utilize Flash still, but yeah, for those yeah. sites, those. But it's like we all have that one or two sites that we do use that does use um, Flash. You kind of be like, ah, fuck, you know, it kind of sucks. But yeah. you still kind of wonder, well, would it kind of, well, you know, even switching over to like desktop mode or something like that, will it uh, still, you know, be okay to use it in that sense? But I mean, who knows? There's there's a lot of things with it. I just feel like that ten dot, I mean three dot one, it just needs to like it just needs to come out like. Don't don't wait till February. 
Because you're looking at it, I'm sure that they have the OS that's ready now, but you're going to sit on it for another month. Of course. The AT&T accidentally pushed it to the passport like months ago. <laughs> and for those who got that OS, they seen the problems that it still had. And that's yeah. fine. You know what I'm saying? That's fine. But when, and, and that's why I'm saying that they have the one that's ready now. I'm sure they have the one that's ready now. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. It's and, just and, that. And I, I like to remind people as well that 10.2.1 came out on AT&T January 30th, literally the last day of January. Yeah. So, yeah, February, yeah, more, more or less. Yeah. What we've heard so far is that it's going to be middle of January, so very soon, two weeks. I believe at CES they may kind of push a little bit of information out in regard to actual timetables. We yeah. shall see. We're going to be getting a full roadmap at Mobile World Congress of device and OS and blend. So a lot of those updates, they have actually got those roadmaps in place, and they'll be delivering them to us uh, at Mobile World Congress, not CES. But we will be getting those updates uh, to come down the line. I'm with you, Darius. I'm liking that. I like the idea of getting it out there quick and then issuing a maintenance release update. But the carriers in the U.S. are so slow. By the time we get it, it's just, you know, we're already going to be at 10.4. Yeah. By the time we get the maintenance release for 10.3.1. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but just, be, just because the U.S. is slow, why does that mean that everybody else has to, has to be slow? I mean, like, yeah, granted, the U.S. is the biggest market uh, for them. But, I mean, there's still a lot of other places where it's important to keep that mind share. For instance, Canada, yeah. they, they have a really high, um, you know, user share here. And if they... They don't keep up their A game. It's still going to be. I mean, it's just hard to rebound still anywhere. Same I've, I've, I've always been in a fan of global rollouts, not like spotty. Canada's got it this month. You know, Asia's yeah. got it another month, and it gets it gets confusing and gets kind of messy. If they can just deliver it to around the world all at once, I'd wait another month or two. I mean, from a marketing perspective and a promotion perspective, it just makes sense to have it as cohesive. And we've mm -hmm. seen with device launches and things like that that it hasn't been in the past, and it's been detrimental to the devices. So, I have to blame the carriers in the U.S. more than BlackBerry, though, um, for that. I, I think it's the carriers that are dragging their feet. Um, uh, and, and because, well, the simple, the simple um, evidence that the 10.2.1 rolled out, I mean, AT&T got it first, and then Verizon was like however many months later. I mean, it's essentially the same software. It's just the carriers dragging their feet. So... It, this goes back to uh, to our conversation earlier. It really, if Black, however BlackBerry can do it, if they can get on better terms with the carriers, I think that will go a long way towards getting more uniform updates and more timely updates. If they they got to deliver it probably like four months ahead, but if they can deliver it, I'm down for it to come out. I mean, when I look at it from at least like a consumer perspective. If we can get that OS on a yearly basis and it's kind of piecemeal as it is on Apple, it's like every year around September, expect something, you know? Mm -hmm. If we could get into some kind of consistent groove with BlackBerry 10 releases of the yeah. OS, I think everyone, consumer and or enterprise, will be able to work and rely on that schedule. Right. That's what we want to see, right? We don't want to have it hodgepodge and all over the place. Although it makes for good news, right? Lots more headlines. But, but it's, it sucks because you have these carrier relations that prohibit that from happening. And I swear, I feel like BlackBerry has to get the reins themselves on. Like, they have to get control of that. They have to get control of their own experience. They're doing so good, but they're killing themselves. They're ruining the experience for consumers that they do have by doing such. It's like 
you can easily release these updates through Link and call it a day. You know, just release them globally. It, it, it's, it's, you know, just as Apple utilizes iTunes, you know, you can do that. And, and I mean, of course, you have, uh, you know, Android has its issues, and that's why I always say, like, yeah, we go through the issues and we want the latest and greatest from BlackBerry, but we're not Android, you know, because you know how they work. They don't even work off carry releases half the time. They really work off of uh, whatever the OEM is, you know, whenever HTC wants to release it. Not I have an HTC One and I'm on AT&T. AT&T could release it, but HTC may not be ready for it. So I, I don't know. It's a, it's such a headache with with the BlackBerry 10 experience, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, we would like to see routine. Will we get please, routine? Never. Please don't don't quote Darius on the headache of the BlackBerry 10 experience. <laughs> don't quote him on that. Take take the context. Add that in. Let's talk about Boxing Day, Brandon. What's Boxing Day? I'm I'm American. I don't know. <laughs> Boxing don't know. Day is the Canadian Black Friday, essentially. So after Christmas is done, the companies are are boxing all the stuff away, and they just want to sell it off because they they got a whole bunch of stuff in stock for Christmas, and all the stuff they didn't sell during Christmas, they just want to sell off so that they can go back into into the black for the new year. So, I'm, I'm liking the Boxing Day sale. I, I, Brandon, you had lied to me earlier. You told me like, people were boxing about things they wanted on the way out. <laughs> yeah, two people want, want the same item. They have to box for it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring your own paper cutters and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I find it interesting. If we look at the Boxing Day sale, specifically Canada, they have some sales going on for the U.S. as well. They're really clearing out this inventory, and that's what I find valuable. Um, they, we're down to very few Q5s, very few Z30s. They're really getting fleshing out that old inventory. Now um, they're working strictly on sell-through, so only things that are being sold through are actually being created and made. So they're controlling their inventories a lot better. I think a Z30 for 250 US is a phenomenal deal. I mean, why would I wait for a Z20 Rio? When I could get a Z30 with better specs and all the same, you know, type of form factor, so to speak, I think yep. people really need to take a look at those deals if you're interested in BlackBerry and consider maybe making a jump. Q5 is also a fantastic device. People on a Q10 right now who are waiting for a Q10 follow-up, it's here. It's it, it was released two weeks ago. The classic is it. You can literally use this device without using the tool belt. It's there for aesthetic. Basics. You can still I'm, use this thing totally. Just like I'm, a I'm, I'm wondering, like we were talking about um, the Rio and stuff, and you're talking about the Z30, and you no, know, why would you get a Z20 when you can get a Z30 has better specs for 250, right? And I'm thinking, like, why don't like why doesn't BlackBerry just re-release a Z30, but you know, specs. with a different form factor, the same specs, just a different shell, kind of like what they do with game systems, where they kind of do they have like you know, a Wii Slim or something like that, or a PS2 Slim, but it's the same thing essentially, just a different form factor, and they're just refreshing it for people to go out there. Because it's still fully capable for like another, I'd say another year with the OS. If not, if not more. I mean, to answer, to speak on your, and it's not necessarily an answer, Brandon, but the, the subtle changes between the Rio and the Z30, so the screen is different, higher mm -hmm. pixel density, different type of panel, um, as well, they've probably got some optimizations there. They seem to be really comfortable with what they have on the, I think it's the Snapdragon 8690 dual core, 1.5 gigahertz. Having, again, if we're looking at the consistent rollout of these, it's probably easier for them to target 
the Z10 and then just change the screen ratio as opposed to building an OS that's Z30 specific to that Adreno, to that processor. Mm-hmm. So to Fair minimize enough. the variation of their devices for yeah. development. Fair Fair that's, that's, that's all I can really say on it. I, I agree I, with you. I, why not just re-release the, the darn thing? What, what do you say, Alex? Like, realistically, I, I know that you're mentioning, like, why wait when there's the Z30 so cheap and everything like that, but, like, a lot... Well, my entire family, actually, the seven people on our family plan, they're on Q10s and Z10s. And, um, like, my brother, for instance, he kind of wants the Z30, but he wants to get my Z30 from me, so he can just get, like, a cheap free upgrade. And the thing is, I'm going to upgrade my C my Z30 once there's a a new, you know, Z40 or Z50 or whatever they call it. And the thing is, like, 2014 was the year of the physical QWERTY devices, mm-hmm. and 2015 is going to be more um, I'll touch. And the thing is, they're going to have to come out with a phone that has better specs than this. It could look identical. I don't care. I just want to get better specs because I'm running into some of the problems where if a lot of my apps are Android right now, then you do need those specs. So I uh, call me like a spec fiend or whatever, but I would like a little bit better resolution, not 4K, that's absurd, not even 1080p, but sure, 1080p. Um, I just think they need to do something about it, and there will be a lot of people who will flock from the Z30 to the upgrade, and then we can get rid of our Z30s to other family members who are on Z10s. And then finally, the Z10 people can upgrade to the newer Z30. Because like, Z- this, this phone is really old now. Like, even though it's still great, and I totally agree it's great, and off-contract 250 bucks is great, but it's, like, it's an old phone, and some people don't like buying, you know, a two-year-old device or whatever. You're right. It it just have that little stigma against it. I can see that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's only very few phones where people want to purchase them after a year or so, like the iPhones. Those are the only ones where people will purchase them two or even three years after after the best-of date, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So speaking of teases, which we weren't talking about at all, (laughs) Snap 3. You guys happen to see the little video that uh, James put out? Yeah. 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 Uh, I I had tweeted him, what, about a month ago, asking him about, uh, you know, when the next version was coming out. And he he told me then that he's, uh, say, he's, you know, pretty much just... Avidly working on working on it and uh, couldn't wait to release it, but you know he said you know he still got the kinks and, and things he's trying to work out with it. But looking at it, you can see the uh, uh, material design uh, influence on it. Um, but it looks great. I mean, it really does look great. It it it, it has a a mimic um, now on the Google Play Store, but it still has the you know look of a, a BlackBerry 10 you know native application. So. I think a lot of us, we, we really can't wait for it. You kind of want to also see um, what will be some of the newer features that he's going to implement into it. I didn't really catch anything totally different um, in the uh, video that he showed. You could just see a lot of this, the the UI changes he's put. And I think that's the biggest thing that he's showcasing off right now and how he's, uh, you know, put that, uh, that material uh, design look on it. Um, and as we already said before, you know, material design also mimics... Um, well, I, t- material design, it kind of goes in hand with uh, 10.3. So it's a good look for BlackBerry, especially with, um, you know, those who use Snap. But more importantly, um, those who, you know, are Android users and with terms with the apps on BlackBerry 10 devices. So 
I'm, I can't wait for it. I know a lot of us really can't, but um, I'm really, really anxious for Snap 3 to come out. Alex is anxious for an all-touch. You're anxious for Snap 3. Well, I'm anxious for Snap 3, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don, what has you anxious this this end of 2014? Um, We might talk about this a little later in the the show here, but um, I'm anxious to see if BlackBerry's going to come out with another slider. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we... We're not gonna talk. We're not gonna talk about that later. But we, <laughs> no, um, I mean we've already got a good gist that there's some type of slider concept, maybe traditional, maybe not so traditional. Um, that's coming out. I, I, Alex, can I share that tweet on air or no? <laughs> Alex is getting hit on on upstream, guys. <laughs> Brandon, what has you anxious? I think Blend, of all things, you, you seem to be pretty keen on wanting Blend to work. I, honestly, I used Blend every day for like a month um, in the 10.3.1 beta, and then they updated the beta, and then Blend and everything went out black, and I haven't been able to use it for a month. And, and right now, I'm just really looking forward to the official release so I can use it again, and, and that's my favorite aspect of, of the new, new OS, personally. I think that's what's going to drive a lot of value for that new OS and that really big ticket you know, feature. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm, like I said, previous, like my previous comments, I'm just worried of like how they're going to update it, how it's going to sync between the device and the computer and whether it's just going to be too much of a hassle to keep the two updated over time. Hopefully they can find a way to do it. I mean, it's such an enterprise focus. Maybe with Bez, Bez is just pushing both out to the devices at once. And for the consumer side, it is a hodgepodge of having to go download the update or the installer again and again and again when every update comes out. Maybe uh, Beta's own feedback that. Uh, maybe they read that, right? <laughs> yeah. Except that last BBM beta where they did not read our feedback at all <laughs> until after the fact, until Alex tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel bad for those guys like Cluely and uh, and and Donnie and and all those guys really and even Jeff because as soon as there's one thing wrong they just get blasted oh, on Twitter about it yeah they don't hear yeah. the end of it I remember like the password first came out and I was probably like the second or third day after I had it I had never really tested with the headphones and I and I did it and I was told uh, I told um, James, I was like, it's not as, I'm like, bro, it's not that loud through the headphones. James was like, tell Clueless, like, t- tweet him right now and let him know what's up. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's funny because I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, so Mike Clueless is probably like, what the fuck? Like, why? I am not direct support. Like, please, we have <laughs> customer support for these issues. Or please email us, you know, at customer support. Let them know. Go, you know, take your feedback. But, yeah, man, they, I'm sure they go through hell on a daily basis. They probably just turn, like, the account off and just, like, download Twitter whenever they want to or something like that because I'm sure their phone blows up. But it's funny, too, that it's, like, the amount of notifications that can be handled on BlackBerry 10 with Hub, it may not be the prettiest-looking thing you've seen, but Hub is so, so good. You yeah. can handle thousands of emails a day on that thing and still get to inbox zero. Because right. of how it works, it it literally makes you act upon those different notifications that are built in. So you know when they're getting their twitters blown up, Darius, by the likes of us, yeah. you know they can they can literally go mark all red and done, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> without really looking at it. So 
it, hopefully yeah. they, they appreciate our feedback more than they did dislike it. What about Play Store? It was patched by Cobalt, Crackberry Forums. He's been working on it for months and months and months. Finally, got the patch working. We've got full Google Play availability on BlackBerry 10 for purchases, movies, music, books, and apps. We right. have Snap 3. We have that native thing coming out that's going to give us the same kind of access. But have you guys played with the Google Play Store on your current device? I think it works on 10.2.1 and above. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Very least. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I've been using it for a while now. Um, I had a complaint, but I think the complaint might be more so um, a problem that I did. I went to the – I opened up the Google Play Store after getting it all installed and everything like that, and I went to the Android apps, and I clicked Update All. So now I think whenever it in the background, it keeps trying to force update. So I keep getting the app to randomly open up, but I think that's because it's trying to force me to update, and the update process is really slow. So it does all the downloads, and then it needs to prompt you with the BlackBerry screen saying, like, open installer or whatever. So I have, like, a solid 20 or 30 apps that are trying to update, and that was my bad, I guess. But other than that, you know, Google Drive finally works now. If you do this little, um, I don't really know what you want to call it, to get this up and running, though, um, Google Drive will work. It'll be buggy a little bit. Sometimes it'll force close or whatever. But the fact that I could actually access my work Google Drive like, that's awesome, and that shows that we can actually move forward and start using some of these essential Google apps through, you know, a simple process. So I really hope that BlackBerry, you know, could this be signs that BlackBerry might be working towards something like this? Like, is it a coincidence that this came out, or, you know, is this I, just something that BlackBerry may be working on? I think it's definitely a third-party thing, but ultimately, I mean, he's had to reverse engineer a lot of this stuff to get it, to get it working. Um with when when I look at it on my device and I look like what it actually did, it gives you an authentication token, right? That's patched so that the authenticator will actually seal to the device. And then as well, it allows you to add a third-party account. So you can have your Gmail account in the account sex, section of BlackBerry 10, but it can only be put in as an email. You can't use it as a third-party account. Now we have the Google account support so that you can log into things like Drive, and things like the Google Play Store and actually get that access. So that's, I think, the biggest boon. I was able to get Maluba up and running. I was able to log into YouTube, the app. There's a lot oh, yeah. of things that are now opening up because we have a Google account now that's third-party. Uh, if you have an Amazon account, it shows up as a third-party option on 10.3 and above. So there are some third-party accounts. Uh, Vine also will show up there. There are some Android accounts that are actually built into the OS, and they will work all the way across so it's cool to see why BlackBerry can't patch Google Play services themselves is beyond me. Because literally in the prompt and disclosure when you're installing an Android app, it says some applications may be reworked. So like if you're invoking the Google Maps in an Android app, it's actually going to invoke BlackBerry Maps. So they're already patching Google Play services on their own. They're already doing this. So how far are they going to take that and what level of compatibility can we get to is really what I'm looking forward to. Cool to see Play Store. But there's not much else to be said. We're still waiting for Snap 3. Yeah. <laughs> and Dear, please Dear. have an update all option in Snap 3, by the way, because right now you have to do each app individually, and it takes forever. I just don't like the BlackBerry Invoker for it. I, when I press yeah. install, I don't want to have to press it off. off. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's like you understand what I mean when I press install. Absolutely. Figure out the difference. Prove it. <laughs> I don't need multiple app screens. Uh, Darius, what do we have queued up on our BBM channel in regards to questions from the community? 
Um, let me check this out because I had to go back out and allow it to refresh because they were starting to pour in as soon as we started. Um, yeah. what were <laughs> <laughs> no, let me check this out. What we're looking at. Um, let me see. Let me see. Right now from the channel is uh, can we it's from Jose says, can we expect first BlackBerry 10 devices to be updated for a couple more years since the classic and the soon-to-be-released Rio have almost identical hardware? I think we kind of answered that a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I, expect, I expect them to be updated. I mean, I think two gigs, two gigs of RAM is a lot for a lot of devices. Android, Android, I think Android Jelly Bean runs on a minimum of 512 megabytes of RAM, and we've got four times that. On our devices, one right. of the advantages too with picking like an under uh, an underdog OS is that you know BlackBerry has to work that much harder to retain those users, right? And so they're going to work really hard, you know, to have those first BlackBerry 10 users stick around enough to maybe purchase a new one in the future. So I'd say you still have you know a year to a, a year at least. Um, because that'll be what three years since BB10 released, and then that's they're hoping that people on three-year contracts, when they got a Z10 or Q10, will decide to make the plunge and get a another an updated BlackBerry 10 device. Got another one from uh, Xbert. He says, "What was the biggest announcement and/or move that finally made people take notice of BlackBerry in 2014?" I'd love to speak on this one. I I will say. Of all the things that happened in 2014, and there were a lot, I think, honestly, the most perception-changing release was the BlackBerry Passport. I think the BlackBerry Passport did exactly what it was designed to do, shock the market, polarize it, say, what? BlackBerry's doing what? BlackBerry's innovating? What? And then blend... QNX and Ford, all these other underlying things are are things that you wouldn't have heard about if the Passport hadn't have made the splash it did. Also, Penguin version 3 was a major, major upgrade. <laughs> Web design cheat sheet, it's alright, I mean. I'm just throwing some shade at our developers here in the group. Um, yeah, Passport for me, what do you guys think? Uh, answer Burke's question. Dolan, what do you think was the most monumentous uh, announcement and release? Was it an acquisition? Was it a piece of software for 2014? There were so many good things that happened this year. Um, it, it really is hard to pick, but I would have to agree with you, James. It's the Passport and Blend. Everything over the course of this year really built up to that release. Um, that was their next huge major device release um, after, the, um, after the Z3. And this device was the result. I mean, this had, it had been a device that had been in development before Chen came aboard, but Chen took it and and ran with it and and really brought it to fruition. And it it just this whole the whole release really um, encapsulated Chen's refocus on going back to what BlackBerry does best. Um, and it 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 was just the epitome of that. And um, and yeah, I think it was. I really do think that that marked the beginning. Well, not not the beginning, but it, it was a it was a milestone in BlackBerry's turnaround. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the company is going to survive. That the turnaround has in, it effectively been done. It's just they've got to return to profitability and continue to execute on their strategy. 
but the passport was proof that, hey, we're still here, we're still innovating, we're still making phones. We're not just making phones, though. We're doing a whole lot more than making phones. We're making software that runs on your tablet, that runs on your computer, whichever one you want, and connects with your phone. You know, and, and uh, you don't need a stinking cloud. You can use your phone um, to get what, what you want. I mean, it was a monumental event, and I think that uh, the, the release of the Classic is, is huge, uh, but it, I don't think it still quite compares to the Passport as, as far as that defining moment of 2014 for BlackBerry. Yeah. Brandon was about to talk on me. (laughs) Alex, what's up? Yeah, I mean, about that too, because it's funny you guys are mentioning Blend, and I think we need to bring up which, you know, perception we're talking about. Are are we talking about the general person who has written off BlackBerry or business users? Because business users, I think Blend and, you know, all this Buzz stuff that's going on, you know, you can't even mark that out. The fact that Buzz uh, 12 came out, which will... Just the insane stuff that you can do with that, the amount of uh, control you have, how it's cross-device, everything like that. So if you're talking about general brand perception, though, I'd say it would just be the Passport and the Passport alone paired with 10.3.1 or 10.3 because there's so many people who don't even understand Blend. Like, even my mom doesn't understand Blend, and she's been a BlackBerry user forever. She doesn't even know it exists. Uh, My aunt, who always reads the newspaper... And whenever I go over there, she's like, so what's going on with BlackBerry? I read in the news that this is going on with them, and then I have to, like, defend it. They don't talk shit about Blend. They talk about the Passport. And I think, really, the Passport is the one device, the one thing that made people go, wait a minute, they're they're trying something strange, and it's a touch-sensitive physical keyboard. Like, I haven't heard of that before. Like, it is a totally innovative, different thing that makes them stand out. So I would definitely say the Passport. Um, I would say the biggest uh, story for BlackBerry this year was the SecuSmart acquisition because that was um, the Secu the SecuSmart acquisition. We all knew that uh, Merkel in Germany was using it in conjunction with her BlackBerry 10 devices to keep it super secure, and the whole story was that the NSA was spying on the German government, and then so she was using a BlackBerry with the SecuSmart as a top-notch security feature so that she couldn't get spied on. I thought it was such a credit to BlackBerry when they purchased SecuSmart, being like, hey, we've worked with them before, and we all know how secure it is. Let's just add some more credit to our security by, by, uh, by you know, purchasing SecuSmart. And so now it just solidifies what everybody already knew. Everybody already knew BlackBerry was very secure. And then they purchased SecuSmart just to solidify that in a time when a lot of people were questioning whether BlackBerry could keep up with security, whether it was, um, even though it was unfounded in a lot of ways. Right. Were they were they working on heritage or innovation? And they're actually yeah. working on both with the security yeah. aspect. Running right off of that, Brandon, I want to make mention of an Inside BlackBerry post that came out, and it basically talks about the SecuSmart acquisition and how to avoid phone call and text message phishing and having your, your phone calls you know, being eavesdropped upon. They basically talk about the relationship with the German government and what they're doing, Vodafone is actually modifying their networks to work with the SecuSmart chip in a, in a different way so that other carriers or other entities can't just hijack onto that carrier signal and ride right in through the phones to the communication. It's a, two, a dual-layer thing. It, it requires three things. It requires software on the device. 
It requires a carrier tether that is secure, a TSL tunnel or TLS. It's one of those. And it also requires the, uh, the actual SecuSmart microprocessor and chip. So it's a three-pronged thing. BlackBerry basically said within their Inside the BlackBerry uh, blog article that they're going to be focusing on working with other carriers around the globe to be able to bring SecuVoice, which is what the software is called, across multiple carriers so that they can deliver to other governments as well. And I think for SecuSmart, there's no better partner to be able to do that kind of jump with because BlackBerry has their global carrier relationship and network. So absolutely, I think I think you're, you've, you've got a good point there, Brandon, to mention that that was a big move for them in, in securing their future of their mobility, especially for those government and enterprise uh, companies. Darius, what else we have? Let's go around Robin. Um, the biggest thing that we've been getting is asked, and it's kind of like a general consensus, and a lot of people have been asking is, what is next for BlackBerry and BBM going into 2015? Uh, BBM Premium is going to be a guy, thing. One of one of the uh, one of the people, Mike, said he's just lost the contact to WhatsApp, which is unfortunate, Mike, because they were never really a friend. <laughs> Basically, though. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joke, Mike. That was a joke. Yeah. He's not laughing. He's like, I'm crying over, crying over that lost friend. He just, he just, yeah, he just unsubscribed. Real, friend, real friends don't use WhatsApp. That's the moral. Yeah, what was his name again? No, but, you know, honestly. Mike. Mike probably just left a WhatsApp right now because of that comment. <laughs> he's watching upstream and he's like, you know what? Forget BBM. I'm done with these people. I'm done with these people. No, um, BBM Premium is going to be a big thing coming next year. I think they're going to really streamline a lot of what BBM has to offer. WhatsApp offers time messages. WhatsApp offers location sharing in real time. WhatsApp offers full end and encryption now. WhatsApp is soon to offer voice calls. WhatsApp does everything BBM does, right? Yes. That's not the point. That's not the point. And if you think it's the point and you're going to another platform because of features, you're missing it. Overall, the big difference, and I think where BBM will have the strongest foot to stand on, is the way it engages you, the user, with other users. I think the fact that you can have a unique PIN as opposed to having to use your telephone number or even your Facebook login, which has your telephone number anyway, very likely. Right. The fact that your data is not being mined by massive companies who use these to target ads at you, you know, use this information about you. It's a mentality thing on the back end, and I think people go to WhatsApp because it's ease, because everyone's on it, it's all connected. It's connected to my Facebook contacts. BBM is not about that. BBM is a private social network, and, and people need to get that. Channels and all the other things that it offers are, are going to offer a lot more in terms of a massive messaging platform for the future. It's, who's going to get into cars first, WhatsApp or BBM? It's going to be BBM. Who's going to get into mobile payments first? BBM's been doing it, you know? There's a lot Snapchat. of... <clears throat> yeah, Snapchat, right? <laughs> Snapchat. Right. But even still, Snapchat's just rolling that out, whereas we've had BBM money in Pilot in Indonesia for the last Snapchat's year. Snapchat's not known for their security either, so that's kind of ironic. Exactly. <laughs> and neither was WhatsApp. You know, they had to slap on their end-to-end their -end encryption because it really wasn't all too secure. They were phishing phone numbers and all sorts of information. What I don't like about WhatsApp is if you're in a group chat with someone, you can look at all the people in the group and you have all of their phone numbers you can contact them directly and spam them and harass them. Not something I'm totally interested in. And maybe it's been updated since the last times I've used WhatsApp, maybe a couple months ago, because I know they're constantly bringing in new features. 
it's a difference of focus and it's a difference of principle. I think BBM is going to drive a lot more toward the Internet of Things, machine-to-machine uh, mm -hmm. -machine communication space, as Brandon likes to mention on these streams, that the IoT is really going to be it for them, whereas WhatsApp is a lot more a consumer face. What else do you guys think in terms of QNX, BBM, enterprise, and hardware do you yeah. see coming for 2015? I think, well, let's, the obvious are the Rio C20. Um, we already know that they said that um, there is going to be but uh, BBM subscriptions coming um, that are going to offer some exclusive features and things of that nature. Um, I think we, well, John Chen said that you can expect the Hero phone. So I think that's something to kind of get ex uh, excited about. He said that, you know, BlackBerry is going to go a little bit more vertical, not necessarily wide. We can expect the Passport 2, the second iteration of that, because he said they were working on it at the launch of the Passport. He said we're already working on the next one, which is something that I'm excited for and looking forward to. Um, but I think one of the things that we haven't talked about or, well, hasn't been mentioned, hasn't been said yet, but is 10.4. Now, we know that, you know, 3.1 is on the rise. And I'm sure that we're probably going to see a 3.2, but I know in 2015 we will see 10.4. And I'm hoping with 10.4 we will see a more refined OS. And I don't just speak in terms of a UI, but I speak in terms of the software overall. As we were speaking about, you know, way better optimization. Is it going to be able to, you know, uh, utilize the Android apps, uh, you know, seamlessly? And will we see the end of you know, the support for older devices. The thing is about it is because essentially we, we did see the end of support for, you know, iPhone devices that they were no longer getting uh, support after, what was it, iOS 7 or something like that. I don't think the, the 4 or the 4S or something like that wasn't getting supported anymore. Um, so those are things you, I, I'm kind of hoping we can see or we should be seeing. But another thing which I think is kind of big and I don't want to backtrack because I think it's one of the biggest things in 2014 for BlackBerry. But it's what one, it's it's BlackBerry seeing a profit. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things in 2015 for BlackBerry is BlackBerry seeing a profit. Um, and then second is what does John Chen have up his sleeve? Because 2014 has been full of surprises and tricks, and just seeing John Chen and what he's done with the company over this last year has been, I think, the best. It's been BlackBerry's best move, I will say that. That was BlackBerry's best move for 2014, was having John Chen lead them uh, into where they are at now. And in yeah, I, those things. That, you know what, Darius? You just changed my mind. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing for BlackBerry in 2014 was not a device. It was not a software. It was the man in charge. It was Chen. Unabashedly, yeah. I take back what I said. It's Chen. The guy's yeah. a rock star. He's got it yeah. all on point. The biggest, the biggest qualm with BlackBerry the past couple of years was how it was being managed. You have assets right. here, you have assets there, but they're all under the table. They're under yeah. the rug, not being used. This guy's actually managing BlackBerry. You know, he's actually yeah. making moves, risky kill moves. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to. Uh, yeah, I, I love Chen. I love what he's doing. Dalin, what are you looking forward to in 2015? Devices, software, a little bit of QNX. What what are you looking for? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, All of the above. <laughs> no, the, he wants the four pillars to go higher and higher. I, th that's that's right. No, I mean, yeah, I think I think you you hit it on the head there, James. Chen has execute 
He came in with a strategy. He has executed that strategy um, as perfectly, I think, as anybody could have. He's surrounded himself with a leadership team that knows how to execute uh, the plan, and uh, they, they have just done amazing things this year. I think they've exceeded expectations. Um, they have silenced the naysayers, and they, I think they're going to continue to do so. So I'm excited for next year. I mean, I think QNX, um, we're going to see that. Uh, I mean, the Ford deal is huge for QNX, and I think we're going to see more of that kind of thing with the Internet of Things. I mean, QNX was made for the Internet of Things, uh, and it's going to be driving a lot more. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah, new hardware. I'd love to see a slider, but I just I'd love to see more phones coming from BlackBerry. But I mean, the great thing about it is they are going to return to profitability with or without their handset business, and that just speaks again to the um, the, the strategy of Chen coming in, trimming the fat, getting rid of uh, you know uh, uh, underwater assets, and, and really just streamlining the the company. So I think 2015 is going to be even better than 2014. For BlackBerry, and I'm ex I'm just excited to see what they're going to come up with. Real, real good point you brought there on the devices. Last quarter Q3, they sold 4.3 million devices, revenue of which 1.9 million was from the previous quarter, right? So that sell through that's still coming through, with Passport barely even on that that roster, and Classic as well. I mean, they just sold almost five million devices. They are on the uptick. They just posted $43 million in profit non-GAP, so they've got some room to go in terms of making more profitability. But even the devices, I think it's an important aspect. I, I was speaking with my friend. He's like, oh, you, you know, your, your BlackBerry is cool. It's, it, it does a lot of things that I'd want in a device. You know, I love that form factor. I love the keyboard. He's like, I didn't even know BlackBerry made devices. I'm like, yo, they've launched four this year, <laughs> four the year before. I mean... It's, it's crazy that they're still pushing on with these cycles and that they're fastidiously dedicated to bringing these devices to market for their consumers and enterprise users. Alex, Brandon, what are you guys looking for in 2015? I'm looking forward to seeing QNX in, uh, in, 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 in a prototype of a fully automated vehicle. I think we haven't really heard too much on QNX in the automotive sector except for the fact that they got into Ford vehicles. And, and they beat out Microsoft for that. But I think of in terms of more innovation in that in the automotive um, arm of QNX, we're, we're going to start seeing them push more into those automated vehicles, similar to like what you see with, uh, with Google's car. I think we might see QNX um, in that same position, but in, in other companies like Mercedes or BMW. And so, stuff like that. so, Brandon, right as, we're, right as you say that, I want to remind people of an interview that we did with QNX in regard to a fully yep. autonomous car. This yep. was an Audi that was modified with Viz Labs over in Spain. Uh, really good interview. Check for it on Barry Flow. They talk about basically using this partnership to help them kind of get an understanding of what it's required in an auto, you know, a car that is autonomous. Uh, you're talking about the safety-related standards and things like that that QNX has right under their belt. So yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there, Brandon. There's a lot looking forward in the autonomous car to really bring that into a consumer light. So great mention. Alex, what about you, 2015? So there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, there are a few things that, that I'm curious about, like what direction are they going to take BB10? Um, well, let's see, like 10.3. I don't know if they'll, yeah, 10.4, I guess. 10.4 would maybe come out 
in January 2016, and we'll probably see it leaking at the end of January 2015, or um, December 2015. So it's pretty much, like, I'm curious what's going on with that, but that's not the most, you know, thing that I'm curious about. Let's say that this device that Chen has been kind of joking about, at like, everywhere he's been going, he's been saying, you know, we're working on an interesting device that he really hasn't said much about, but I think it's going to be this all-touch device, which has a little hidden physical keyboard somewhere in it. And so I don't think it's going to be like a torch kind of like, you know, slider phone. Whatever this ends up being, I think, you know, BlackBerry, that the Passport was the year of innovation for them, and I think they're going to continue taking one of their product lines and really just throwing it at the wall and trying an innovative thing and see if it sticks. So I'm excited to see this next one, and it's probably going to be my next device. So I think I'm most excited about that in 2015. 2015, BlackBerry will create a device that sticks to the wall. You heard it from Alex. Exactly. <laughs> that was a great closing line right there. <laughs> um, any other channel questions, Darius, that you had queued up worth answering? Uh, no, it was just... That, that's why I, <laughs> I don't want this Not worth answering. <laughs> Fuck you guys. No, yeah, no, it was just, 20 comments, we're only going to talk on three of them. <laughs> there's, there's, there's only three that can be risky enough. <laughs> risky, risky enough. God, we're off. No, I was uh, uh no, cause I was looking, and that was the biggest, like the, the biggest general consensus was what did we think was the biggest thing coming from BlackBerry uh, in 2015, and what's next for BBM as well. So, I'm gonna run. It, I'm gonna run through a couple real quick. Mikhail, when can we expect the next leak soon? <laughs> um, should I get a classic coming from a Z30? And the no. only thing that's holding you back is the speakers. The speakers are awesome on the classic. I will say that it's just as good as the Z30. I mean, like if, you, if, you're, if you're into the touch screen, though, I mean, it depends you on what you want. Screen. I mean, if you if you want a touch screen, just stay with the Z30. But if you like, if you really need that keyboard, get the get the classic. He's using the Z30 as a second device. Oh, so okay. I say, I say why not? Go right, for yeah. it. Try something new. What's coming after 10.3.1? 10.3.2. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not what's coming next. We answered, uh, we answered mics. We answered uh, beyond Vodafone. What carriers will BlackBerry be partnering with for better sales and support? I think overall they're going to be heading for some of those bigger carriers. So AT&T, Verizon, Vodafone, which is you know a global entity. There's a couple ones in uh, South America that are going to be yeah. vital for them to get on board as well. I think a lot of the alliance programs that have been going on overseas have been trimmed back dramatically alongside dev relations. So the carrier relations, dev relations is going to be an interesting story for them as they kind of transition and bring these devices to market. There is a big user base in Latin America, in South America, Central America uh, that use BlackBerry, and BlackBerry doesn't really have a lot of brand presence there despite the popularity of their devices. So in 2015, I'm hoping they work with their carrier partners a little bit stronger so they can deliver these and show that market presence. They absolutely need to have that market presence. Yeah, definitely do. Let's see what else we had here. There were a couple other ones I wanted to touch on, but Darius did hit most of them, you know, the good ones here that were on our little there's, channel chat. There's, there's one that's pretty interesting. It's like, when and how yeah. will back BlackBerry implement the virtual SIM feature in North America? And I think that's easy to, to say, probably through Enterprise, with, through a BES so, so with Bez 12, which yeah. was announced in September, work life already exists. The virtual sim is already in market. You can buy it. You can use it as of like months ago. So it, it's here. Are we going to see it in a consumer sense that you can have two phones or two numbers on one phone? No. 
you got to have bez, you got to have work life, you have to have balance, you have to have all these other things as part of what you're doing or else you don't really need it, right? I would like to see something like BlackBerry Balance on a consumer without bez. And I think that'd be interesting for them to actually bring about. Imagine if they split the Android experience and the BlackBerry 10 native experience so that you literally go into another profile and you have an Android phone. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave that there. <laughs> <clears throat> There's another one where it's like, uh, this is from Madan Lamaye. It's the 6K uh, filing says that BlackBerry sold 4.3 million devices in Q3, fiscal year 15, that they record sales of devices prior to quarter Q3. Have you heard BlackBerry folks talking about this impressive shift? I think in the BlackBerry community we've heard of, you know, we've all been talking about how, how the numbers have been slowly getting better and better, Yep, if that's anything. In, hard, in, in anything. hardware, too. The, ma the major me reason the market didn't react well to this last earnings call was because revenue was down. And revenue's down, everything must be hitting the fan. But ultimately, we know the numbers underneath are painting a much different picture through this transition. Uh, the market is always looking at the, you know, the easiest, most headline-y thing, revenue down, 100 million. You know, It's not something they're going to see, although, yes, we in the BlackBerry community did read and see that information. Yeah, and he also mentions that um, they mentioned that there's an increase of 3,500 to 4,900 BES customers. But I think that was just from the Easy Pass program. I think in total they have more than that. Oh yeah. He's talking about how like at their peak they had 10k plus, but yeah, I think those numbers were just Easy Pass numbers, not total enterprise customers. I believe when when we were looking back, if we looked at the total enterprise customers across Bez 5, Bez 10, and now Bez 12, we're talking like 80,000 customers, enterprise customers. And now it's bringing them all onto Bez, bringing them on any way we can to monetize them. And, uh, you know, BlackBerry's still in, in a transition. They're at different cycles than the whole consumer realm is, where the consumer realm is working yearly, whereas the enterprise game is a little bit longer played. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more to see kind of going forward there. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, and this is the last one that mm -hmm. I'm not sure if we touched on it before. It's talking about, uh, this is from Atmari. She's talking about, are we going to ever be able to edit Android apps permissions? She says she thinks she heard a rumor that it was going to be possible. So in 10.3.1, you can edit Android app permissions, but you cannot edit all of them. So you can tell an Android application that you don't want it to run when minimized, or you can tell it to run when it's minimized. Whether BlackBerry is going to open that up more is really going to be at their discretion. I think right now they have a way to be able to modify those permissions. What they don't, don't want people doing is messing with those permissions and then the apps breaking and then them blaming BlackBerry. So right now I think it's, it's kind of all or nothing at this point. They have BlackBerry Guardian to inspect those applications for security reasons. Beyond that, accept it for what it is. Sounds good. Looks like it's a wrap. <laughs> That's a wrap. Not a not a euro. Not a slider. It's a wrap. A wrap. Yeah, we are, Darius. That we are. Um, <laughs> what? What? Are, how long are we? What is? What? What anniversaries? Are we like what, four or five months in? Um, we passed four, wait, four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-eight. This is our seven-month anniversary. Wow. Oh, I didn't, nice. Shit. Oh, 
last month was seven months, or last episode was seven months. So we're crossing that 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 you know, that threshold. This is our this is our first Berry Flow Christmas, guys. Oh my god! <laughs> four months, four months for the one year anniversary of. So Stream we do, we do have um. We do have some site news that I want to talk about. We have about 20 people still holding on here, waiting for something, you know. Uh, it just went up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Brandon's got the hat on. I want to talk a little bit. I want to... Yeah, he's partying it out already. <laughs> I want to I talk just very briefly on some of the changes that you're going to be seeing at Berry Flow. Um, we're looking at what's out there online. We're looking at the community and what's already there. We've got fantastic forums on Crackberry. We've got a lot of breaking news on N4BB. A lot of that blog-type content is already out there. We don't want to burden you with more of the same. Uh, we don't want to be posting the same headlines as everyone else, covering the same stuff, and just putting our spin on it. We want to deliver you guys unique content, things like Upstream that really no one else is doing. Toward that end, the site will be going through a little bit of a transition come the new year. So stay forward-looking on that. Um, it's going to look almost as good as Darius's beard right now, but uh, <laughs> let's see if I can t tag on that real quick. That's a nice background, Darius. Where are you? Are you in the, the Incan Empire? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually here in uh, ancient Greece, nearby the Mediterranean. <laughs> oh, we got Brandon here with his Google halo and, and cool, cool little Ray-Bans. <laughs> this is just awful. This is awful. But yes, we, we're going to be looking a little bit forward here, changing up some of what we do, minimizing our blog content and bringing more exclusive showcases of developers, media, analysis, and uh, video content for you guys. So look forward to it. Uh, we love hearing your feedback on what we're doing and how we're doing, so definitely send us emails, leave us some comments. We take all of it in and, and kind of grind out from there. Um, let's, let's, let's go back to Dolan here. <laughs> With his eyebrows... <laughs> <laughs> yes, stay tuned to Berry Flow. We have some stuff coming on the 31st for those who didn't hear it at the beginning of the stream. Got a lot of uh, neat stuff dropping on the last day of the year. So stay tuned to that, and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. I appreciate having all of you guys on. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Later. James. Have a good one. Take care, all. <laughs>